Hey everyone, welcome back to the M&M Hockey Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Alex Metzger. Along with me is my co-host, Chase McCallum. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about today. Um, sometimes in around mid-November, December, these podcasts can get... Uh, boring's not the way I'm going to put it. You should always listen to the podcast, but... It's definitely stretching for content some weeks is what I would say. That is not one of these weeks, or this is not one of those weeks. Uh, We have a bunch of big news stories that broke over the past couple days specifically. Uh, And, you know, we'll get into them all here. I think let's start with the the first one that took place this week. And that is that the Minnesota Wild announced today that they have fired, or yesterday, I guess, that they have fired their head coach, Dean Evison. Um, This Probably shouldn't be a huge surprise just given where they are in the standings. They're 5, 10, and 4 on an L7 right now. Uh, But I think generally speaking, if you look at his tenure with the Wild, as well as maybe the roster that this GM has put together, on a macro level, I think it could definitely be considered a surprise. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Like, this has been miserable. Yeah, like, the... They have not been good, and and we kind of talked about them last week a little bit and how, like, their stars haven't really looked like their stars at times. You know, Kaprasov didn't look like himself. But also, what is a coach, like, how good do you think a coach can do with a roster that has $15 million in space actively committed to people to not play to them, with them? Yeah, you give a coach $15 million on players that aren't there and 880 goaltending. And I doubt you can name me a coach who looks good in that scenario. Yeah. And like, I'm just trying to pull up their uh, defensive metrics quick. Cause like, I'm pretty sure like obviously 880 goaltending, you know, the goalies, the goaltending's got to be struggling anyways, but I don't think this is like an Edmonton scenario where it's like, no, these guys bleed shots at, at high, high danger areas either. Yeah. Like, it's a weird team actually what did we where did we have them projected coming into the year third in the division um i want to say i had them i didn't write it down i should have i think i had them third or fourth okay that makes sense and they're like a break even xg team which in the west is probably not super far off that but it's it's a strange team. They only have 14 points. They're with the Blackhawks. Yeah, like they're horrendous so far this year. Um, I just looked and they give up the third fewest expected goals against per 60 and about 15th. Uh, they're 15th in uh, Corsi against per 60 as well. So it's like they're average in terms of shot, but the quality, like they don't give up a high quality either. They yeah, the, they make their goalies like easier, not harder. Yeah, they give they're giving up the least amount of high danger Corsi against per sixty minutes in at five on five this year. Like, so it, it is really just goaltending that is absolutely sewering this team. Yeah, which is too bad actually because Gustafson looked like he was as good of a bet as any to be like one of the next up and coming elite goalies. Yes, based on his last year too. Yeah, and again, we like we kind of talked about it last week, but you know. It's one of those things where I don't think anyone should have expected him to be that good, but to say he was going to go from like top three in the league to literally bottom three in the league basically is not what I think anyone should have expected. 
yeah, not a chance. Like, regression makes a ton of sense, but especially with the fact that Minnesota makes it so easy on the goalies. If you told me he was going to regress, I would have told you he still had like a 9 10 save percentage just because of how Minnesota's defensive structure plays, but he'd have like a negative 12 goals saved above expected or whatever. But no, yeah, he's, been, he's been miserable. Yeah. He has been just, yeah, like not good. Um, and again, I, the, the saying is usually very accurate of you show me a good coach. I'll show you a good goalie. You show me a bad coach. I'll show you a bad goalie. Yeah. Um, but it, it feels definitely, and you know, maybe you could say last year it was he inflated because of the goaltending, but I don't think anyone is talking about Dean Evison as like, a top five coach in the league last year or anything. Did he get not Norris Jack Adams votes? Um, it's very possible. Jack Adams 2023 votes. It's very possible just because that award is um he was not among the finalists. Hackstall, Montgomery, and Ruff were the three finalists. Okay. Uh but I can't find actually 2023 awards there. 2022, 23 awards voting. Sorry, this is not great podcasting, but um, come on, show me the Jack Adams. Jeez, you got to sh- scroll down far for this. He probably just didn't get any meaningful votes then. Yeah, regardless. He, he wasn't top three, but even if he was like top seven or whatever, it's just like, Okay, like, and even the Jack Adams, like, it's often we voted on. I don't think, like, people will very easily mention that uh, just because they voted for someone for the Jack Adams doesn't mean they actually think they're, like, a top five coach in the game. It's just, it literally is usually just, who do we think was going to be bad this year and didn't end up being that bad? It's funny that that's true in every sport, too. Like, it's, it's very odd. That's how everyone has decided to to say what they think of coaching. But yeah, that is exactly what it is. Yeah, I mean... They're the same rank league-wide in XG right now as they were last year. Yeah, man, that doesn't, uh, that doesn't shock me, even a little bit. And, and they've arrived at said XG in uh, the exact same way that they have last year. Yep. Shockingly. Uh, it is just the difference in goal to, I don't know why I can't find this, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like, again, I don't think he's, he's definitely not a bad coach. I, I wouldn't say he's an elite coach, but yeah, I, I mostly say that because we've seen Minnesota's defensive system be good before him as well. So yeah. I probably hesitate to give him like a ton of credit for the defensive system, if that makes sense, but he deserves some for sure. Yeah, exactly, because we've seen it be good before, but also, like, Jared Spurgeon was 29 when, it, or, you know, 26 before, and now he's 33, and Rodin was 30, and, you know, they weren't paying guys $15 million not to play for them in the past and stuff like that, so I feel like he's done, he did a reasonable job given the assets he was given. Yeah, and, like, I think an underrated part of this past year or two for them too is i don't think enough people are really talking about how much talent they've had to move away uh, specifically because of that cap hit as well of course but like kevin fiala is a legitimate top line player that they 
Basically, yep. I think they got a second round pick for him. Maybe it was a first, but they didn't. It wasn't much, whatever. It's not on the roster right now, for sure. Yeah. And like, even, you know, someone like Jordan Greenway last year, they traded to Buffalo. And, you know, not I'm not saying having Jordan Greenway on this team would make them a playoff contender or anything like that now instead. But it, it just, the little stuff adds up and it makes it so you need guys like Marco Rossi to step up from the minors. Matthew Boldy needs to continue growing, not just cap out at the player we saw him be last year or whatever. Right. And, and when you betting on one or two of those things to come true is usually, even if it's a smart bet is fine, but betting on three, four, five of them to come true, just to be an okay team. That's when you're going to run into trouble. Yes, absolutely. It's the, like uh, the anti-fragility that you lose when you're again, paying $15 million for two dudes not to play for you. Yeah, exactly. Like you just, you reduce your margin of error so much. And, and again, like we, we said last week, I keep referencing that, but we, we talked about this team last week when we said how bad they've been doing. And it's just, it's hard way. Cause it's like, you can't make Kaprasov score more like to a certain degree, obviously, but, and you, you definitely cannot make the goal. He cannot be doing any more than they possibly are right now to make the goalie stop more pucks. Yeah, exactly. Like, especially, I know public XG models don't have everything, but like the Minnesota Wild have been fantastic defensively for a very long time. I've not seen any good evidence that has changed. I I believe they're just good defensively. Yeah, and. Yeah, so like when you when you have an eight eighty goalie and you go, oh well, this team is good defensively, and their goaltending sucks. It's like, hmm, is that the coach? Well, no, probably not. But also, in this sport, how many times have we seen the whole thing of a change needed to be made just to make a change? And usually, I think more than anything, it's the GM saving his own butt, right? Like, it wasn't it, the roster I constructed; it was the coach. Yes, exactly. Because if it's not the coach and you go, oh, well, it's just bad luck or whatever, it's like, well, that's not acceptable. So then the next option is that you actually built a bad roster. So in a GM's perspective, you're looking at is either did the roster I built suck or is it actually the coach? It's not my fault. And again, as much as it looks stupid, it's pretty obvious to see if we're in that, if anyone is in that position, we probably know what one they're taking. Yeah, 100%. It is actually kind of funny that the idea that it's like you're not allowed to explain things as bad luck, even though it obviously exists and happens. Yeah, for sure. Like, I go back and forth because, like, it's easy for us to just pull ourselves out of it and go, okay, well, like, this is bad luck. It will regress. Yeah. But if you're losing potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars because your team's way worse than you're expecting and that affects ticket gate and playoff gates and stuff. I do get why there are rash decisions being made. Now, I think you can just as equally argue in a, in a franchise that's probably worth well over 500, 600 million dollars, probably close to a billion. Just look at what Ottawa sold for. Um, you should probably have some things in place so that you're not making rash decisions like that. Yeah, that's the thing. like, what are we 20 games in? And yeah. we know goaltending takes 200 games to stabilize yeah like <laughs> you're 10th of the way there and again i guess 
yeah, I, I don't know. It's just one of those things where I get both sides because I, I definitely agree where it probably should be. And in a case like this specifically, too, where there's been so much success, because I'll take you back to a different one of or a different case where I can't believe the Ottawa Senators haven't fired DJ Smith yet. And they're going, yeah. oh, stability, stability. It's going to even out. It's like, well, no, this team has done everything they can to prove that this is not going to get better under this guy versus the Wild, who have had like three good years in a row under him and are still playing fine. They're just not getting the bounces. Yeah, the Wild look like who we thought they were. Just like that. If you're on trend in every other metric other than save percentage, that's the time when you, you know, don't revert course, not what the Senators are doing, where I think like the Senators had to think they were going to be very good. And I mean, they're better than their record, I think, but they're not, they're not by any definition of the word, very good. No, exactly. It's and not like they have a reason to have the benefit of the doubt. Whereas like Minnesota, you should believe they're probably a team that makes their goalies life easier. Cause we've seen it for like nine years now. Yeah, absolutely. And they're a team that you should be able to believe, you know, with guys like Kaprasov, Spurgeon, et cetera, that they have the talent to dig themselves out of it. It's just having to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they were 103 point team last year, 105 point team, something like that. Yep. So like it's there. No Fiala sucks. Honestly, they could have missed playoffs already because of this, but like the talent is there still, even to a lesser degree. Yeah, absolutely. So, I don't know. And then I, I think, to me, the bigger issue in this firing is not that you decided you need to make a change. What Like, if you decide you need to shake something up, we can argue how well that works or or doesn't work or whatever, right? But yeah, to me, the thing I can't really justify slash wrap my head around is who they bring in as the replacement in John Hines. Yeah, that's like, a tough one. And the worst spot thing is, like, it will work. Like, their points percentage is going to go up. Yeah. 100%. Not because it was a good decision. It can be a perfectly net neutral decision. And their points percentage is going to go up significantly under John Hines. That's just how these things work statistically. And then you get into the actual analysis of John Hines, and it gets more perplexing. Yeah, like... I just don't really understand what teams are seeing in this guy that he keeps getting a job. And like, that sounds so awful. Like I obviously don't know the guy. I don't know any sure he's a nice enough dude or whatever, but like he's coached for nine years in the NHL and hasn't won a round. I don't even know if he's come particularly close to winning a round. Um, I doubt he did during the devil's span because they were bad the entire time. Right. Yep, the only time here. So I'll pull up his uh, his coaching um, history right now because the only time they made he made the play- playoffs, excuse me, with the Devils is when Taylor Hall went nuclear in 27, 2018, and they lost to right. Tampa in, I think, five that year. And that series never felt close. No. And then I don't think Nashville's won around recently. Nope, they have not. They lost in the qualifying round of the bubble, so you can even argue that they didn't really make the playoffs then. Um they he now he was a midseason replacement for that year, so I don't know. Like, but again, they wouldn't have made the playoffs if COVID didn't happen because they weren't in a spot, I don't think. Uh, the following year, they lost in round one in 2020, 2021, and that was 
I want to say against, was it the Lightning maybe? That was the bubble year. Um, and then sense. Yeah. the following year is when they just scraped in uh, into the playoffs, despite losing like four of their last five um, because Saros went nuclear in Nashville and they got swept by Colorado because Saros was hurt. Right, right, right. Yeah, like the thing is too, like none of those teams he coached were great on paper either, but I refuse to believe there's like an analysis out there that shows John Hines is so much better than Dean Evison that it's worth paying Evison to sit at home and bring John Hines in, right? Yeah, I I completely agree. It's like Hines might be fine. I honestly am going to be mostly agnostic on that, but so is Evison. So what do you what do you get? Six of one, half dozen of the other, I guess. Yeah, and it's just to me the most confusing thing is that again yeah like his record and the teams that he's coached it's like oh whatever like maybe you could excuse the one maybe even the second time but this guy gets a head coaching job within like two months of getting fired every time and i just don't get that like he was hired this like weeks after he got fired in new jersey he was hired in nashville and then he's hired like right away yeah and then he's fired in the summer this year and immediately hired two months into the season of 2023, 24. So I just, there, you can't convince me if you felt a change needed to happen, that there wasn't better options. Yeah. Or like, like, I don't know specifically who, but I don't know. It's, it seems very uninspiring at best. Yeah. I completely, completely agree. Like I, but again, as you mentioned, like as long as he just, kind of does whatever he needs to like, just kind of stays the course basically with you know, the structure and stuff. I think it is naturally going to get better and he's going to look good because of it. Yeah. Yeah. Pill look fantastic. Doesn't just has to do exactly what was done before he got there. Yep. So we'll keep an eye on that, of course. Um, but I, I think that's probably a good place to kind of cap it. And uh, before we move on, sports betting has rapidly risen in popularity, and we want to connect you all with an opportunity to get started or get ahead. Having multiple sportsbook accounts is the most simple way to maximize your profits, and there's never been a better time to sign up. When you visit our page, which is signupexpert.com slash MNM, you'll be connected to all the sportsbooks in your region, along with a review of each platform and its unique benefits. All of these sports books have valuable sign-up offers for new users, and when you register through our link, you will automatically receive the top offer at each one. Uh, when you use multiple sports books, you ensure that you can always access the best available odds, which is key to successful sports betting. Uh, if you want to take advantage of these benefits and support our brand, please consider signing up for your next sports book at signupexpert.com/mnm. All right, um, let's go to the Patrick Kane signing next because I guess that's kind of the next thing in, in chronological order from today. Uh, Detroit Red Wings is the team that he decides to sign with. It was sound like it was down to like Detroit, Buffalo, Toronto. I heard Colorado was in there a little bit at times as well, but he goes with Detroit uh, for a $2.75 million cap hit for one season. Interesting fit, in my opinion. Interesting, good or interesting, confusing? Confusing from definitely Patrick Kane's side of things. 
Yeah. I thought he would go ring chasing. I guess he has one. But... It, yeah, like, he has a few for sure, obviously, but... Or, and, yeah. One being the important one, usually, when we're talking about ring chasing, but yes. Yeah. I guess, like, the only reason I can kind of put to it is maybe if, you know, a ring is obviously not, like, if he really is trying to earn a contract of two to three years in length after this one, which is kind of what the rumor has been, I can see why going and linking up in a guy like, uh, with a guy like Alex Debrinkit, like, who's on Detroit, obviously, and where they had a bunch of magic in Chicago before Debrinkit got moved. I can see, I, I guess, the logic in that. I don't think it'll work. I can see why he would think it. Yeah, yes, that's a that's a very good way to put it. Um, from Detroit's perspective, like it seems just low risk, fine enough reward to me. Like I, I think, I don't know. We were much lower on the general on than Pat, on Patrick Kane than the general public was before the injury. Like I don't think he's been a very effective player for two or three years now. Yeah, but at the same time. And on a one-year deal, if he's that bad, you just don't play him, terminate his like mutually part ways or whatever. And if he's good, which I, I think is probably a lot less likely than people are even still trying to make it out to be, but if he is good, you get a good player for no assets and 2.75 against the cap. Yeah, it's low risk, so I can't really hate it. But also, yeah, the if is a very important word that is not getting nearly the emphasis it should like that he's been not just not who he was he's been like actively a disaster for two straight seasons and then got a surgery that has ended people's careers like the if he's good is like if i buy a lottery ticket and win that's awesome but that does not mean there should be any reasonable expectation of it actually happening sort of thing yeah, I agree. And like, like this is a surgery that I don't think we've seen really anyone come back from and stay back from. In if I'm not multiple mistaken. sports, from what I had heard or read. Yeah, like, I don't know. I, to me, the reason that if you're Detroit, you do this is I don't think Detroit was going to be a good enough team to keep this playoff pace up, anyways. Like, They're tied for third with the Maple Leafs in the Atlantic right now, 25 points in 20 games. They've cooled down from their hot start. They are not W3 right now. Sorry, they're tied with the um, Lightning, not the Maple Leafs. But the Maple Leafs are only two two points behind them with a game in hand. So, like, I I guess to me, it's a swing for upside potential. And even if that upside is like a 3% chance of hitting or whatever, they probably, like, I'm assuming they just view it as like, we're not going to have that anyways. And I, again, I can kind of reason with it. I just don't think it's as likely as what people are kind of expecting. You know, like there's fully media members chilling out for this. being like, have you seen the videos of him skating? He looks great. It's like, man, he's skating on an open ice. What are we talking about? Yeah. He's still a dude who was, he's a hockey hall of fame level player. He's going to look good on open ice. Yeah, and like I'm sure Nicholas Backstrom looked good on open ice at times during his recovery. Yeah, and then he hung it up almost immediately, which fair enough. Yeah, absolutely, it makes total sense. Yeah, like I, I wish there was like a market to bet on the under of Patrick Kane's point totals against people on Twitter because 
I just don't get where the optimism came from. And like watching him in the playoffs, he looked cooked too. Like I don't get how anyone can have be like this is a and I get he was injured, but again the surgery is pretty hard on your body and stuff. Like I don't know. The it, the downside is so minimal. I can't really hate it, but I do hate people suggesting. Well, if it works out, it's great without giving any respect to the idea that that if is almost certainly not going to come true. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, I'm going to be really curious to see how they actually use him because when I say there's limited downside, the one thing I am kind of worried about in terms of a downside is they go, well, this is Patrick Kane. We got to use him in a top, top six role at five on five, which like, like, honestly, I think if you're going to get the most out of him at this point, it's probably in like a fourth line five on five role and just be a power play specialist where he plays like two minutes on the power play. Yeah, the old... Columbus using Sam Gagne on the fourth line. Trick. Yeah. Is your best bet. Because, yeah, I just, I don't see a world in, even if the upside hits, and again, like he's like a 55-point player, a 70-point player over in a full 82 pace or whatever, and that just comes because he's a power play merchant. Like, there is value in that, but I don't see how you get that player if you're also then not committed to keeping him very very limited at five on five yeah do you think they do like no not right away yeah i i don't know i'm so intrigued to see how this goes yeah me too um because like even i don't like i feel like we had similar obviously it was pre-surgery so it was maybe easier to see how you could be a little higher on him last year but like i feel like we both had similar takes when he got traded to new york last year of like this is not the guy people think he is he might still have some value but you need to use him in sheltered role and i don't feel like the rangers did that effectively no and then he had like one good playoff game which he didn't even look good he just had two assists i think it was and on the power play specifically if i remember correctly and everybody went nuts and then he didn't do anything for the rest of the series yeah, like I, yep, exactly. So I, I don't get it. Like, it's one of my pet peeves when people just say like we do it prospects all the time too. It'd be like if Slavkovsky hits his ceiling, he's the best. It's like yeah, we need we need to talk about how likely the if is, not just randomly attaching if to things and then assuming it might happen. Yeah, like if Cody Cece turned into a legit shutdown defenseman. Ottawa would have had a great contract on their hands. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, if yeah. CC hits his ceiling, he's great because he's six four and athletic. It's like, yeah, that like that's great. That if that happens, it's true. But how likely the if is is the important part, not the actual if. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I don't have much more to say on it. I think it's you know, again, like I think if you're Detroit, I do understand if he's willing to sign for you at a very low cap hit for one year, I get wanting like giving it a try again. I just with, with where their team is, I don't really see that even if it is a net negative on the ice, I don't think it's going to matter in terms of the overall standings. Like I I don't, I guess I don't see a world is what I mean is I don't see a world where he's playing and they go from the third team in the Atlantic to the sixth team because he's playing. Right. Uh, yeah, 100%. Also, 
there's actually a non-zero chance this is a positive, even if he sucks, but puts up 30 points on the power play just because people go because they want to see Patrick Kane, and you can sell Patrick Kane jerseys and stuff. Like, it, it really is a low downside bet for them that there are a number of ways it can pay off. Yeah, for sure. So, but from Kane's perspective, like, I guess, I guess it has, unless he legitimately thinks Detroit's a good team, which seems silly to me, but also this is NHL players we're talking about. It's not like they, you know, I think they probably don't think things through quite as much, you know, as as weird as that is to uh, say, or probably hear, like there's been multiple times where it's like, yeah, I want to go to a contender. It's like, they get traded to this team that is so obviously bloated with a PDO and then wonder why it all went to shit, you know? Yeah, they tend to be a lot more focused on the present. It's probably the most civil way to say it. Which, as a player, makes enough sense. But again, if you're making a decision to win, that's where you maybe want to take a step back. But regardless, I mean, he's there now, so it'll be interesting to see how it works out. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to watch it. Uh, before we move on, we'd like to give a shout out to our sponsors at Athletic Greens. Their signature AG1 replaces key health products in one simple scoop. AG1 combines nine health products working together as one, replacing your multivitamin, multivitamin, multiminerals, pre and probiotics, immunity support, and more. That means AG1 does more for your body and saves you time, money, and confusion compared to taking multiple unique products. Simply follow the link in our show description to get started today. All right, Chase, let's move on to the biggest topic of the week. Uh Still was kind of breaking. The reason I left it until this point in the podcast, I wanted to just see if anything else had broke on the um, the news, uh, but it doesn't look like it has. The Chicago Blackhawks today placed Corey Perry on unconditional waivers uh, for the purpose of a contract termination. Uh, this obviously he started about a week ago when the, the Blackhawks suspended Corey Perry from or scratch Corey Perry, I should say, and mention that he is not uh, playing with the team or traveling with the team or anything like that. Uh, they did not go into much detail about it or anything of the nature. Uh, then today they announced uh, that it was a, they were going to terminate his contract. Sorry. Um, in between this, they had said it was a team decision. Corey Perry came out through his agent and said he is taking personal time away Um Davidson held a press conference today and didn't really clear anything up, if I'm being quite cleared, honest. Cleared everything up. <laughs> came out. I get it, too. Like, it's a legal reason they can't say anything, almost certainly. I Probably, think he actually yeah. directly said it at one point, did he not? No, so this is the problem I have. I haven't seen the conference, but I had assumed even before the press conference it was for legal reasons that they're not saying anything. That is what I assumed, too, but Every when so he was asked from what I understand multiple times if it was a legal uh, reason, uh, and his response to that was Kyle Davidson saying Corey Perry's contract termination was about a team incident and it was a team decision. The most I can disclose that we learned about it when the Blackhawks were in the in Columbus. Wouldn't say if the matter involved a team or organization employee, uh, but then I did see another quote that said. Uh, GM Kyle Davidson says he can't reveal any details, says it is a workplace matter. This does not involve any player of their families and anyone that's just otherwise is wildly inaccurate and it's frankly disgusting. Um, I don't know if we really need to get in the rumor that was going around. There was obviously a very popular rumor going around Twitter uh, for the past couple of days. Here's his full statement on the opening 
of the press conference. First and foremost, I want to start off by re reiterating the organization's committed to of a culture of accountability and upholding our values across our employees and players, both on and off the ice. Last week, management was notified of a possible misconduct by Corey Perry. We immediately pulled him from our game and conducted an internal investigation. Upon learning of the findings of the investigation, we made the decision to terminate his contract. As this is an individual personnel matter, I will not be able to disclose any details related to the initial reporting, investigation, or the findings. However, I do want to be very clear on this one point. This does not involve any of the players or their families, anything that's what I just said. Um, this has been a tough situation. I understand you wanted answers. It was important that we took all the necessary steps before sharing more. I hope you can understand that I may not be able to answer everything today, but I'm going to be as open and honest as I can be given the situation out of respect for those involved. So we like, it, it does feel like legal reasons to me, whether that is legal in terms of like genuinely police legal, or if it's legal because in the contract termination, it says you can't disclose why you're terminating his contract or something like that. Yeah. It, but legal for one of those two reasons. It's, I don't want to like really speculate, but it's got to be something pretty bad. It seems, and like he looked pretty shaken up about it. He said it was a tough few days, of course, but like, and again, I don't need to sit here and speculate. I don't. You know, hopefully details come out in terms of, and when I say hopefully, I, I, I want to be careful saying that too, because if it is something truly bad, the last thing you'd also want is like, if the victim doesn't want whatever, like if there's a victim yeah. in this and they don't want it leaking, obviously that I, that is a more understandable reason of why you don't want it leaking. But at the same time, it I just, I cannot blame anyone who doesn't trust this organization after the entire Kyle Beach saga that happened. Yes, absolutely. Now, I will say <laughs> people are like, oh, like it's as it relates to the the rumor, like that doesn't just automatically mean the rumor is plausible. No, yes. Aren't trustworthy either. Like people went way too far that way too. But yeah, like the instinct to be skeptical of what the Blackhawks organization is saying is uh, pretty reasonable. Yes. And again, like I, I've seen people make arguments of like, well, this is actually better than the Kyle Beach thing because they they didn't try to cover it up. They just terminated them. It's like, okay, but A, I would hope anything is better than the Kyle Beach situation. Yeah, I was going to say that's, that's setting the bar on the ground and jumping over it. That's that's digging a hole in the middle of the earth and putting the bar down there. Like, B, yes, if he did something genuinely wrong, obviously terminating his contract right away is a good thing. But then again, sweeping it under the rug and saying, no, we're not going to tell you what happened. Like, uh, we can't believe people would speculate, but also we're going to be as vague as possible. It's just like, like again, the history of this organization and the specific rumor they were talking about, of course, I, I, I get wanting to call that out and saying that should not have been circulated. And for the most part, I'll be honest, it was just people shitposting on Twitter. Like, if that's what you're yeah. concerned about, you probably have your focus in the wrong area. Yeah, like, well, I get why they be focused on it. Like, they they all bedard the world and they put them in a fucking sure. yes spot. Yeah, I guess that's fair. That that is, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't really think about like fan interaction with Bedard, but yeah, um, like they put Bedard yeah, yeah. Okay, I take that back. Yeah, miserable spot, and that is the one person in the building that you should be doing everything in your power to make sure you don't put in miserable spots. 
Yeah. Um, I guess the only other thing I really want to comment on, and I want to be a little careful in my words here, but it was, I don't know, funny is not the right word. It's not the right word at all. Um, it was pretty weird to see is the word I'm going to choose. And I don't think it's necessarily the best, but to see some of the media members today that are going to town for the Chicago Blackhawks being like, I can't believe people would ever say this. Like, this is embarrassing. How could you ever believe this or whatever? It's like, man, a lot of people in the media are in zero position to be judging what people are thinking based on past circumstance, you know? And like, again, there could be, I get, it might be a legal reason they can't disclose it, but that seems like something you would come out and say, and say like, I like, like for legality reasons, I cannot tell you any details of this, but I will try my best to give you what I know I can say or whatever. Right. But instead of just like, it's a workplace matter. We're dealing with an internal, with an investigation. And it's like, why would you give anyone the benefit of the doubt? So for when people are like, Oh, I just, I'm, I cannot believe that people wouldn't believe what they're saying here or, you know, take the Blackhawks at face value or whatever. It's like, what do you mean? Yeah. And also they're like, Oh, I can't believe people are speculating. Like I can't. <laughs> yeah. You were vague in a very public setting. I, I, I would have bet all of my money that people will just start speculating. And the second day, um, I don't know what the word is, but like I'm trying to think of a word that's like interesting but bad. Like a scandalous rumor comes up, like of course people are going to attach themselves to it. Yeah, that is the least surprising thing in the world. Have any of you ever spent any time on Twitter? Especially because it's like, again, it's a scandal that comes up, and not only have the team declined not to comment, and most of the media members basically being like. Like this, and this is what frustrates me is most of the media members are going, Well, we have no info on this at all, but it absolutely is not what the rumor that people are saying is. That's disgusting. That's, but yeah, that's the other weird thing. But again, we have no info on it. We just know it's not what you guys are saying, but we, we don't know anymore. It's like, okay, like maybe it's true. Again, I just I cannot blame anyone for has a for having a hard time not believe or believing that, you know? Yeah, yeah. They're they don't deserve the benefit of the doubt at the very top of that organization so they it went as i think any reasonable person would have expected given the situation like got a little out of hand but again of course things spiraled when you were really vague it's also part of the reason this has spiraled is because it's the blackhawks and people want to be able to make fun of the blackhawks correct I don't even know if want to make fun of like, well, like want bad things. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's the Blackhawks is part of the reason this spiral. Yeah, they just don't get the benefit of the doubt is why the yeah. spiral, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because they're the Blackhawks. Yeah, exactly. Like if this was any other team, I'm sure there would be stuff going on, but like if, like, for example, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs or whatever, it's like, if, if this was Toronto, I'm sure there would be people absolutely still speculating and stuff like that but yeah it wouldn't get taken with so aggressively and ran with it because it's like well this team doesn't have a giant history of covering up sexual assault yeah and exactly if, if the washington capitals have this happen 
Yeah, and like it just doesn't end up again, this way. I, we probably don't need to say this, but we will just in case. Like us saying that the Blackhawks don't deserve the benefit of the doubt also does not mean we're endorsing people to go spread and speculate this any rumor, you know. But yeah, I just, like I just I I, I was thrown I, I could not believe it when how many media members I came out and said I can't believe people who will just believe anything that they hear and like this is you know this is what's wrong this is disgusting or whatever it's like you don't have any info you can't comment it's like man like your job is to report that info it's to give us the info yeah and again i'm sure there is probably some legal background to it which makes enough sense but it just gets to the point where it's like there's got to be a middle ground somewhere of like yeah people absolutely don't need to be speculating on this rumor like this but also if all you can come out and say is i can't really give any details it was in columbus and i can't say anything more goodbye like what do you expect yeah exactly no that's the thing right should people speculate no do we leave live in a world where people are going to speculate when that's what happens yes and how could you possibly think otherwise yeah absolutely um so i don't really have more to say on that again like we don't need to speculate on anything that happened um if more details come out we will obviously talk about it but uh until then i I think we uh we can definitely move on yeah what a wild scenario just just crazy to be honest, like no soap operas. That was literally the first thing that came to my mind. And I I saw someone tweeting about it as well, which (laughs) yeah, yeah, seems, seems about right. (laughs) Um, The only other thing I really wanted to talk about, and this was something I kind of, I knew I was forgetting someone when we were going over the, um, the rundown for today. Did you see the Jacob Truba slash on Trent Frederick. Oh yeah, I did. That was fucking brutal. Wow. What is this league, man? I we have saw I if anyone's listened to us since close to the beginning, you would know that any little piece of news we felt we needed to break down. And you know, I think we've definitely evolved to the point where it's not like to be honest to God, most suspensions we don't even talk about unless it's don't like even touch. Yeah. yeah, like five plus. It's like a one game suspension for a guy getting hit in the head was almost always the same take of, yeah, it should probably be more, but this is just kind of what it is. Right. So I just genuinely don't bother talking about Department of Player Safety that often because we all know they're bad at their job. And we all know that's not really going to change. But if anyone's missed it, Jacob Truba fully two-hand swings, smokes his his stick on the back of Frederick's head, and gets a 5K fine for the play. And I'm just, I don't know what shocks me more. The fact that they literally looked at this and said, no, that's not even a one-game suspension. Or the fact that there was literally people defending this play. And I saw online of like, it was an accident. It's like, it does not matter if it's an accident. Yeah, you're responsible for your persons and everything on it. And it doesn't really look like it. I'm sure it was probably an accident that he he probably didn't mean to two-hand lumber chop him in the back of the head, but he was definitely trying to two-hand him. Yeah. Like, even if you buy accident two-hand dude in the head, I 
don't think like a 10 game suspension is unreasonable. A two hand yeah. chop to the head with a hockey stick is fucking insane. And like the fact that they, even if you want to say, okay, like we can't give them 20, we know that's going to get reduced or whatever, but it's like that couldn't have even been three, four games. Yeah. Like we just, especially, we just had our big moment about neck guards and yep. hockey. How many, like, if you're swinging a stick at somebody's head, how many inches are you away from that? What's well, the margin for error there? It's not that's, great. That's literally, so I was listening to Overdrive, and they were talking about this, and, like, Hayes and Noodles were both like, yeah, I just, I didn't really see it. Like, I thought it should be maybe a one-game suspension, and that's about it, but five is crazy. It's like, and O-Dog was like, what the hell happens if he misses him or hits him in, like, three millimeters different area, and he's down on the ice, just absolutely lights out? Yeah, you just stick in the jugular. Like, I assume that could kill you. Yeah, or like a straight but, to the back of the head and just like full on yeah. concussion or brain damage. Like, yeah, brain damage, literally, easily. I assume, like, there are so many ways that can go miserably wrong. Yeah, and like, this is not a slippery slope kind of thing. Cause, you know, like, people always, the people's number one defense is like, oh, well, we're going to take out hitting because you could get hurt when you get hit too. It's like, no, but hitting's part of the game. Two hand slashing someone is never part of the game. Not yeah, a legal part of it, anyways. Even close to it. Yeah, I just I this is one of the most shocking decisions I think I have seen in a such a long time from a department that is absolutely horrendous at their job. Like it yeah, doesn't it was. take this. This is brutal. It doesn't take much for me to. You know, or it, sorry, it takes a lot for me to be genuinely shocked about the Department of Player Safety because, like, if you haven't accepted that this group of people, and it, it's partly driven by the owners because the owners don't want any suspensions either, but this d- specific department who's in there right now does not do a good job. So if you haven't figured that out by now, I don't know if you ever will, but like, this w- I, just insane. I cannot wrap my head around it. Cannot. No, it's. It's for also it's Jacob Truba. I know he hasn't two hand slashed a dude in the head before. Jacob Truba deals with play NHL player safety. It feels like more than anyone else in the league at this point. Yeah, which is weird because it's like that. That was what people were trying to use as an excuse of like why he shouldn't be suspended. It's like, oh, people just are mad because it's Jacob Truba. It's like, well, yeah, if it's a dude of who has a history of play, making dirty plays, you should be more mad when he makes a dirty play. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. I just, that was one thing I, I knew I was pretty inside. I just, I could not believe that that was not a suspension. It wasn't even a penalty on the ice. And again, it wasn't. Seemed, did the ref miss it? No, he was staring right at it. They just chose not wow. to call it. That's insane. Yeah. And again, like, one of the things was like the overdrive traffic drive me nuts. I almost had to turn the podcast off because they were like, oh, well, you know, if you're going to say you got to punish the intent and not the injury, if a guy just misses someone with a flying elbow, but if he connected, he would have been out cold. Should he get 10 games? Like, yes, yes, he absolutely he should. should. Yeah. It's not that hard to not flying elbow people. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're really making... like, we punish drunk driving even if you don't kill someone. Yeah. <laughs> Why like... do we do that? Gee, I wonder. Like you're you're making the right point, but the the opposite point you're trying to make, you're proving it, right? Like, yeah. 
it's just like, oh my gosh. So like, yeah, I, I'm speechless to be honest. And again, it's not like anything's going to change now, but that was just one of the most absurd plays I've seen in a while. And I can not believe that uh, they did not call it. Yeah, that is insane. So uh, do you have anything else you want to touch on this week, Chase? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Uh, Ottawa had quite the entertaining game, but I will probably touch on that on my Sens podcast, which you can find wherever you're listening to this. At last word on Sens is the podcast name. Uh, follow me on Twitter at NHL Sens Stuff. Chase on Twitter at CM Hockey 66. The podcast on Twitter at MM Hockey Pod. Uh, we post daily sign up expert picks for all of our sports books, uh, parlays that you can go get on the action with. Again, using the link signupexpert.com slash MM. Uh, find all of Chase's work at eliteprospects.com and mine at lastworldhockey.com. Thank you everyone so much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week.